Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. Hey, good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And I'm really happy today. I have to say, I, you know, I read a lot of books and I, you know, I try to really embrace them and I, you know, I really like to read something before I interview uh, my guests. And I have to say that this was probably one of the most powerful books I've read in a really long time. I thoroughly enjoyed every one of the exercises and meditations into our into my Akashic Records. I thought it was incredibly powerful and it is definitely a tool that I will continue to use because it was a tool that allowed me to just take that extra step away from the personal attachment that we often have, that we often, everybody who is intuitive um, complains about the fact that they can't intuit their own information. And I want to say that Linda Howe, has found a way to allow us to use our intuition and our Akashic Records in a way that is incredibly profound. And I have to say, I learned so much. So I am so excited to have you on the show, Linda, and I can't wait to talk about this book. Now, this is actually your third book in the Akashic Records, and I don't know what your first two were like. I I have a feeling that I might be reading the second one because it was all about (laughs) healing, but this one's called (laughs) Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records, Taking Your Life from Ordinary to Extraordinary. And wow, I was really impressed and just blown away because the exercises and the meditations that you offer are really powerful. So thank you, Linda. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Well, this is, you know what, I'm really happy to hear this because, do you know, I'm, it, actually my own experience of the work and even writing the book and moving through the material, I too have been blown away by it. I mean, I think I'm just as, I'm just as <laughs> surprised and taken by it, do you know, as you. And I think there's something, it's the quality of the work, right? right? It's there is a quality there. There's an opportunity there uh, that just takes us. It takes us in to into the depth. I know I had been seeking for so so long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and to have a, to to have a, a conscious, responsible, reliable way of making a profound connection, you know, deceptively simple and yet so profound, right, with this dimension, uh, you know, with the dimension of the soul. So it's it's really, it's very exciting, but mm-hmm. thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to be here today. <laughs> Thanks. So let's just, like, dive into this. Now, I really liked the, because I think it's, especially the second one, but the four-step protocol I mean, obviously, awareness is incredibly important. But the second step about acceptance, I've been like hounding people when I do my (laughs) when I do my um, (laughs) blogs about how we just need to get into that place of acceptance and just stop trying to control and manipulate and change and fix. And, you know, the first place we need to get to before we can do any of that is to that place of acceptance. So, I mean, how important is that for you? Oh, well, first of all, let's honestly, first, it's the most, it's the most difficult for me. And it's the most important. It's, it's essential. It's essential because, you know, acceptance, acceptance is not what I thought it was. See, I was all confused. I, I actually have suffered from great spiritual confusion, right? I thought acceptance was resignation. Right. I thought it was, and I also thought it was pretending that miserable circumstances were just swell, right? (laughs) Right. And it's none of that. It's none of that. Acceptance really is about making peace with the presenting reality, right? Right. 
with with no judgment or as little as possible mm-hmm. attached right so i know i mean the most uh, you know the, this book the the work of this book is really about living in the world right uh, maintaining our spiritual awareness as we engage productively in the world really a big challenge for for so many of us on the path and i know that there were some some real stumbling blocks um, in my own experience, and certainly I, I see it in my students and, and my friends, right, that there is an idea that if I accept what's happening, that that means um, I approve. Acceptance and approval are different. Acceptance is more in the realm of allowing, making, like to really make provision for. And I know at the most basic level, um, you know, I'm I'm five foot two. Oh, me too. <laughs> okay, well, I used to be five foot two. I'm going the other way now. But <laughs> but here's the thing, and this is a very this is a real simple example. As a woman who is five foot two, I have no business in the tall girl shop, <laughs> right? And so the sooner I understand that I need to be over here in the petite section, the easier my life is. Do you know? Mm. It it just is that simple. Now, I can have all kinds of opinions. You know, I'd like to be taller, all these things. But that is not the point. The point is, in order order to get dressed in the morning, I have to make peace with the fact this is the body I'm in. Right. Okay. And so that's what, from really, it's, it's one of the great things I have come upon or really been led into in my work in the Akashic Records is is this business of the the spiritual practice of unconditional self-love, right? Which which is which is actually much greater than it's greater than affirmations. And listen, affirmations are terrific, but it's about moving into like a conscious loving partnership with with myself and and each of us this is really um another one of the great challenges this is why the soul has is is in human form you know it's very easy for us to love ourselves when we don't have you know bodies <laughs> and families and teenagers and mortgages and all these things the, the the opportunity is you know how do i love myself as a human being Right. Very, very powerful. And that requires acceptance. Mm -hmm. So um, so working in the records, we move from the idea of unconditional self-love into the practice so that at every turn, every opportunity when, you know, we fall short or, you know, just throughout the course of a day, you know, the opportunity really is to extend kindness and respect to ourselves even when we are at our most human, because it's really through our human selves that we will encounter the divine, you know, the only God we're ever going to meet is the God within. You know, that's it's the only way it's going to happen. But see, if we have, like if I have a lot of judgment on myself as a person, oh, I'm not good enough and I should be better at this and all these things, um, then, then, um, then, then we'd like, uh, it's almost like we seize up, right? We freeze mm-hmm. up and, and the life force can't move through us. So acceptance is, there's just, it's the most important. I have found it, I found it to be life changing and right. there's a real paradox in it, right? Right. It's because if I can accept something that I don't like, <laughs> What happens is I relinquish all the resistance and things soften and start to move. But if I keep insisting, no, it cannot be this way, then (laughs) then there's no, then I'm stuck. Right. So does uh, does this make sense? Absolutely. I mean, it's like you said, it sounds so simple. It's not that easy. And a lot of these processes, you know, sound really simple. I mean, I, from its, base concept. I mean, it's a very easy thing, simple thing to do. It doesn't make it easy. When it comes to acceptance, I mean, there are so many things. We are so self-critical. And I really like, you know, looking at the definitions of what it means. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like 
diving into your heart. It's like just opening up and not, you know, restricting ourselves like that, that tension that happens when we say, I have to fix this, I have to change this, you know, that constant belittlement that we, you know, we go into shame and guilt. And it's just, it's so counterproductive to anything that we can possibly do. Yes, it's actually crippling. But what's very exciting to me is that this is the first time in history. I mean, it's unprecedented that in the collective, we are open open to the idea of self-acceptance. I mean, we are coming out of thousands of years of of religions which have been terrific in their own right, but religions that um, religions that really represented the best ideas we had about ourselves, and which really is kind of scary when I think of it. I'm like, oh my god! So, so we, <laughs> you know, we're all thinking, you know, we're terrible, we're sinners. I mean, we come, we're coming out of literally thousands of years of believing that it is a good idea to be mean to ourselves. <laughs> I mean, you know, you want to get, I mean, when I got that, that blew me away. I thought, wait a second here. Yeah. And no wonder there's an awkwardness that so many of us have. I know we have some leaders in the, you know, we have leaders in like the, the new, new awakening movement. Who, they've really got this worked out. And then there's, you know, then there's the rest of us and we're finding <laughs> our way, right? Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is, why is this so hard? And it's hard because it's never been done. That anyone who is even thinking or really contemplating like, maybe, maybe it would be a good idea if I would be nice to myself. I mean, right. It's like, and especially, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know like in my, like in my family of origin, you know, I come from, um, you know, this Irish Catholic background. And I have to tell you, I, my parents, they really were very dedicated to the idea that you better not get a big head, Missy. <laughs> Right. And and so we all learn to keep our heads down and our mouths shut and exactly. and to never say anything good about ourselves. But but even deeper to never think anything good. It's almost as if appreciating who we are was some kind of a sin. And now we're we're finding out first time in the history of humanity that the opportunity is to know and love ourselves as we are known and loved through the consciousness of the divine. Mm. This is, and it's so new, we are all upended. <laughs> but, but we're learning. We're catching on. We're catching on. It's very exciting. It is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we've been talking about self-love for so long, but that, concept for most people is just, I mean, it's unimaginable because we don't know what self-love could possibly be because it's, we're not used to it. So this acceptance just allows for us to have this opportunity to, to kind of open up to the possibility of what self-love could actually feel like. If you can feel what the divine feels, if you can connect in with the Akashic Records, which is, I mean, the teachers and, and, uh, you know, everybody there, the masters, it's, it's so loved ones. They're all there to send so much love to us. I mean, we can feel it when we meditate and we can bliss out in meditation. It's, I mean, obviously the key <laughs> is yep. to be able to do it while we're in physical form in our bodies, doing our everyday activities, or at least creating a atmosphere at the beginning of our day to allow that to unfold. And this is what I loved about your book. Like it, it allows you to sort of touch in, in a way that is just so different from it's not dramatically different from the intuitive process, but it, it just, it gives you another tool that just allows you to be just a tad more detached. Well, see, this is interesting. The relationship of the intuition to the Akashic record, right, is, is fascinating to me because the intuition, you know, it's that pipeline to the divine. Yeah. Everybody's got it. <laughs> that is held within the Akashic field. 
the difference, there are two significant differences. I actually talk about this a lot in my first book, which is how to read the Akashic Records. But the 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 two biggest differences, one is, is um, scope, right? See, because the intuition, it's like a laser, it's like a spotlight, right? Mm-hmm. And, but the record is like if we were in a theater and, you know, we're standing on the stage and you are standing there under a spotlight, that is your relationship with your own intuition, right? Right. Now, what if we turn on the house lights? And we can say every, see everything from door to door, wall to wall, ceiling to floor. So it is a the intuition is a beam of light held within a field of light. And when we work in the Akashic record using the pathway prayer process, what we have, what we step into is we step into the house, so to speak, the whole, it's the soul level dimension. The Akasha is embedded. It's infused in the soul. Um, And what we have a chance to glean is who we have been, who we are now, of course, and all contributing factors, past, present, and future. And what's you know, really what's uh, what's active in this incarnation. It's really, so it gives us, there's much more breadth to it mm-hmm. than intuition, right? Than our singular mm-hmm. intuition. And that's where some of the detachment comes in, I find, mm-hmm. right? Because when the scope is great enough, and you know, when we, we go into historically, people have thought of the records, and, and I believe they were used really as um as some kind of prophetic resource, right? Like an oracle or something. Um, but the, the truth is they're really not very good for divination. They're terrific. They're lousy. <laughs> Let's just go there. I say get a pendulum, get a good astrologer. But don't, because see, the records are really concerned with, um, it's, it's like we see ourselves through the lens of our own soul, and begin to grow into that soul level perspective, which you know is completely loving. Mm. It's and and so there's no condemnation, there's no criticism. Working the records, I have to tell you, you know, I'm always in there. What did I do last life that was so terrible? <laughs> and you know, this is what I was. Of course, I would ask that. I was raised on that. What did you do wrong? Right. right. Okay, but in the records, there is the question, what did you do wrong? It, it's like, like what, huh? <laughs> because what we're looking at is when we look through the record, we begin to see that every choice we've ever made, every action ever taken, has all been the most loving choice at the time that no one we actually love ourselves none of us would deliberately say well now I'm going to go ruin my life and yours (laughs) no no we say oh this looks like a great idea and then you know it turns out to be a disaster but at the level of motivation or intention everyone is seeking love and we're all you know and sometimes we have crazy sometimes we experiment with some pretty bad ideas (laughs) But but that doesn't you know but that doesn't uh, merit like uh, condemnation right? right. It, it's like as we begin to see this, it it's really pretty radical. So when we work in the record, it's as if we step into a sanctuary, right? It's stepping into a sanctuary, a uh, a realm of consciousness that is the convergence zone of divine love, wisdom, and power, right? Mm. And and so that's where those three come together. And when we stand in the middle of that, you know, a lot of our old ideas really melt away. I mean, one of the things that that's so interesting is that um, uh, many of us have, have really struggled and, and done really heroic work to let go of the old ideas <laughs> and venture into the new. But, but, but it seems that there's a correlation. The safer we feel as human beings, the more supported we feel as human beings, the easier it is to let go. It's very hard to let go when you're afraid. 
And so the question becomes, how do we move beyond fear and stepping into the records where you can do no wrong? I don't know. You know, actually, this business of doing no wrong, I have to... And that's the topic of my second book, Healing Through the Akashic Records, which I wrote at a time when, um, oh, my father was dying and and our son was a little guy and he just, he's, you know, Mr. Creativity and Self-Expression. And so that means he was a handful. <laughs> anyway, so I'm in the middle of this and I'm in a relationship, my partner and I, I mean, we got all, life is happening. And I keep finding my intentions where I so wanted to be able to be gracious and loving and flexible and all these things. And I found I really was not living up to my standards. I'd be like, oh, I yelled at my son or I wasn't a good sister. Or, I was short with, you know, my mother, whatever. <laughs> but I had these terrible feelings of like being, you know, disappointment, disappointing myself, disappointing. I, so I would take this into my records. So this is so cool. No matter what, I'd be like, oh, I did it again. And what I would get is, it's okay. And I, after a while, I heard myself pleading my case for what a terrible person I am. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't understand. I want, I want to be enlightened. And what I get in the records is, it's all right. It was the best you could do. And I realized and believe me, this took a while, I started to realize that there was nothing I could bring into this space of awareness that warranted or that I could not get, I could not be condemned, I could not be berated. And consequently, I began, I have been learning ever since then how to do this for myself. Hmm. So this is so this is what the realm is. Um, and, and the record itself, you know, it's a vibrational archive of every soul. So we're all in it, which is great. We get to be together. Good news, bad news, right? <laughs> no, but it is. It's great. We're all together. Um, every soul and every and every set of records has two parts. Um you know, the first really is the um, the blueprint, the blueprint of your soul, right? It's the, which really is your divine potential. Right. And from a record standpoint, we see that the journey of the soul is to awaken to our divine potential and to live it here on earth. That and right, it's like, oh right. my heavens. And this is why it takes, you know, scores of incarnations because this is hard. Anyway, so that's really what we're doing. But the blueprint is the first part of the record. And the second part, which I find fascinating, is the catalog of the lifetimes you live through which you awaken to your soul, right? You awaken, you realize what the blueprint is, and then you start to live it. And that's where we get all these like past lives and like this. This is where this all comes into play. So there are two parts. One is fixed. The other is evolving. Which is an interesting thought all on its own because, you know, we like to think, <laughs> you know, we like to think we have all of these choices. And, and certainly that's the part of the evolution part, the thing that's evolving all the time, is that we have a choice on how we want to respond to things. And when we respond with fear, then, you know, uh, it, it creates tension and stress and it does all sorts of things to us. So, huh. right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When we can respond from a place of love and acceptance and appreciation, then it's a completely different, it's a completely different experience. Um, but to understand that there are certain things that are fixed, like that, to understand that we have come here, chosen certain, like we know this from, from an intellectual and often maybe even, you know, meditative state where we have, you know, accepted that really these pillars that we have to talk about because, mm -hmm. you know, they were all so greatly um, influential in how this sort of, I saw the, how powerful this was because mm -hmm. there's just the different areas that you would go into, like the, you know, the incarnation one specifically, so that you can understand that we chose this and, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. And honestly, I think we're going to have to have like five shows. So just so you know. <laughs> Great. 
Okay. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's this, I don't know, it's, it's like we have so much. So when you think of what is fixed, so what, give us some examples of the things that are fixed. We know the things that evolve because those are through our choices. But what are the things that are fixed? Okay. So there are some fixed and they're actually shared, right? Mm. Um, but, <clears throat> okay. So fundamentally, or essentially is a better word, because it's, it's our essence. At the core, every one of us is good. Mm. Okay. And one of the primary intentions um, of the soul is to know its own goodness. Okay. To actually know that is true, not as an idea, but as an experiential, right? As, as an experience of self to know our goodness, to recognize the goodness of others and to be open to all to, uh, to the goodness of the whole of creation so we've got it like on three levels right self others and the whole of creation okay, okay. that is so that's that's like a shared absolute that we all have now what's very interesting so uh, this is how i understand this in terms of individual essence like that mm -hmm. so here's like, I know there are times, like if I'm sitting here and my back is to the door and someone walks in and I don't see them with my physical eye and they don't say anything, so I don't hear them, but I can feel them. I can detect a sense of who this is. Sometimes we even say, who's there. Sometimes it's someone we don't know. We actually are sensitive to the presence of one another. And it's a presence that is so subtle and yet very well defined. That is the individual essence. And you know, there are some who are finding their way through, um, I want to say like music and the arts. There are others who are finding their way. I mean, and so they will have lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, you know, as, you know, working on their violin or whatever it <laughs> is, right? We have mathematicians and scientists. And, um, and so we have these different um, avenues through which the, the individual essence is attracted to, to actually discover and express itself. So am I making this, am I clear on this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's though, like at the blueprint, right? Mm -hmm. So like in my blueprint, my blueprint is very much about teacher. Right. Okay. And this isn't the first time, I've, you know, I've been, I, I've been working on teacher for long, you know, it's part of my essence, right? Mm -hmm. I can't even, I don't even know, you know, I can't even help myself, right? I just start teaching. So, and, and that's what, and we see this with people, you see it in people, it's just who they are. They don't even mean to do it. Right. 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 Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So that's, those are, those are, so there's the collective, right? The collective, because we're one soul. The fact of the matter is we're one soul. And so we share all of this. Right. Okay. And then there's the individualized expression of the one. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's, okay. So one of the great things is, you know, there's, Absolutely no judgments. I mean, there's, let's talk about the Akashic Rexers themselves. So there's, okay. you know, there's, you know, the, the entering of the judge, not fear, not resist, not. Mm -hmm. And then there's all the beings that are there to help us. And I, you know, each one I felt, you know, the, the connection and the difference, like definitely the Lord's, you know, to my back, open there, but you know, not participating where the masters, teachers and the loved ones, you know, certainly they were sort of all around me in different places. Yes. <laughs> it was, it yes, was fascinating. Yes, 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 yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 
And oh, very. You did great. <laughs> great, Laura. You really, wow. Well, yeah, I, you know, I hoped that it would be beneficial and, and, you yes. know, it was certainly, it, it seemed like it was really there for me. So it was, I was just really impressed. But so let's talk about the different roles, the different, like, okay. when, what would somebody want if they want to go into their Akashic records? What are they looking for? They're looking you know, more for what their soul is there for. You've definitely explained that it's not a divination tool. We get that. Well, I hope people get that. (laughs) It's a spiritual practice. It's a spiritual practice. Okay, right. Here's the thing. The records themselves, just again to repeat this, are um, governed. This space is governed by three absolutes. The absolutes are fear not, judge not, resist not and they it's like they come together and they really safeguard the space all right and and I don't think I mean none of us are perfect at any one of those three but I like to think it's like okay I fear less than I used to I judge less than I used to (laughs) I see the goal up there I resist less okay and that's what we're all somewhere you know we're all in the continuum of that right okay so those are the governing principles and then when we look at like how is this how is this dimension organized um, you know, first we have the Lords of the Records, and their their job really is to maintain the sanctity of this vibrational body. And that, where is this vibration? Is this in the fifth dimension? Is it? I don't know about okay. dimensions. Okay. It, it exists. It's perceptual, okay. right? It's actually, it's everywhere. Right. And where it is, but just, it's because it's a soul level, it is the soul level, it's infused in the soul. Okay, it's in, it's it's part of the the like uh, the composition of the soul. So I like to think of it. It's like in that it is a bridge of light because it's a light body, right? It's a bridge of light emanating from the soul, connecting us to the source, and our it it actually holds us steady as we awaken to the connection that already and has always existed. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's now. So it's always there and we can move into it or out of it of our own volition using the prayer. And so the Lords of the records, the fascinating couple fascinating qualities about the, um, I want to say the the beings, you know, (laughs) taking care of business here in the Akasha is that they really, they work, um, they are not personality identified. This was actually very radical to me because, you know, I was used to like spirit guides Mm -hmm. and angels and who I love. Don't, you know, I love them. And getting in the record, I thought this is so fascinating because we we never see the lords of the records because, see, it's not about them. They maintain the sanctity of this dimension. Then we have the masters, those they're beings of light. They've never been in body and they are with us from the inception of the soul throughout all time, really like guiding the way. Now, what's fascinating about this is they do work in groups, but see, we do not like, it doesn't matter what their names are. None of that. It's not about them. That's very Piscean age. That's old age, right? Now it's about this. When we talk about co-creative relationships, like they are not, they aren't coming forward to say, well, I'm your, you know, I'm going to hold your hand while you grow up. They're like, no, step into this space and I'm here with you as the best of who you are emerges. I mean, it's so fascinating because it's different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have the teachers. Teachers are, from a records perspective, it gets a little confusing because, you know, a lot of different systems. But from, (laughs) from a records perspective, teachers are lesson specific. So if I'm working on, this is the lifetime I'm going to learn self-trust. It actually might take a few lifetimes. That's not a problem. We've got all the, if nothing else, we've got time, right? We've got a lot of time. So what happens is the masters make arrangements um, for me to have a teacher or teachers, depending on, depending on what I need, to help me grow into self-trust. 
But see, once I get it, then maybe you, it's, you know, maybe you need to self-trust is next up for you. Mm -hmm. So they finish up with me. They're like, oh, you got it, Lynn. Okay. They'll go over to you, Lori. (laughs) Right. Right. But see, it's not about who's the teacher, who's not. So we don't even see them because it's not about them. It's about who we are becoming. Right. And then we have loved ones. And I know this is a, I mean, this is the loved ones in the records. You know, we may certainly encounter people that we've known um, in this lifetime who are now deceased, um, but they don't do the readings, you know, and we don't channel them. This is not about channeling entities. It is, however, about transmitting information. Yeah, it's not about like having a conversation with them to see how things are and how you're doing. It's really, it's, it's coming from just that outside it's like that what I keep saying about that just that little bit of distance it's like it doesn't matter who they are it's it's what it's what they're helping us achieve so sometimes it felt like they were holding my hands you know it was like you know they're there they're giving you support they're they, they may have their hands on your shoulder like they're there for you and you know really helping you I never even got necessarily a you know, picture of any of them. It was just, it was always a feeling. <laughs> I know. How about it? How about it? I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, you don't understand. No, but, it, but it's better because this yeah. is, so here's what's really pretty incredible about that is that, I mean, for me, and I understand, I know exactly. See, this is because this is a spiritual resource through which we step into our spiritual maturity. See, this is the age of spiritual maturity, which is why, you know, why this book and why this five-pointed star? See, because in order, you know, many of us, you know, we had our spiritual awakenings, we became healed enough, right? Mm-hmm. And then the question is, how how do we navigate the world? How do we, and stay awake? Right. <laughs> right? Stay awake, right? And that's really what, so I know in my own work then, I was, I, um, I, I saw, I sensed, I felt, it was like a multidimensional experience for me, um, this inner five-pointed star, which, um, you know, at the core of our being, we have this central pillar of light, and surrounding it are some smaller ones, equally important, well, not equal, I mean, important, but, yes. but distinct, right, these five stars, and that led me... When I first saw it, you know, Lori, I didn't know what this was. <laughs> I was I was both awestruck and grateful and terrified, all, you know, everything at once. And but one one pillar at a time, uh, my guidance was that I, if I followed this, which I like the idea of following a star. Right. Mm. But if I followed <laughs> this, you know, one step at a time, I would learn how to stay true to myself and really be effective in the world. So. I, so I so I followed so so the five the five pillars that compose this um, are made up of incarnation, authority, discipline, responsibility, and commitment. And each one now it's interesting because these these words are very much of the world, yes. and I don't think there's any one of them that I like personally. <laughs> No, no, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I want light body. You know, I'm arguing in the, you know, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we're, you know, this is like, okay, we're, we're going to live in the world now. So, and, and that's what, and what's so interesting is that when we approach these from a spiritual perspective, even their, um, their definitions seem to change, right? Right. Totally. Right. You know, incarnation. I mean, incarnation, this blew me away because the idea is that until we make peace with who we are as human beings and like our family of origin, all those, you know, where we live, until we make peace with that, we will not be effective. Right. And and this, you know, I'm of the generation, you know, oh, we were all, you know, it was the wrong family of origin. <laughs> it was, I'm really a walk-in. And the fact of the matter is, no, you know, yeah. this, my, each, first of all, as a human being, I was my soul's first and best choice, as are you. Right. Like nobody's soul says, oh, oh, I'll take that. I'll take that leftover on the rack. <laughs> 
<laughs> the soul comes in on the way in. We, we have a moment, you know, it's, we're in this zone of choice. We have a moment of selection, like out of all the people your soul could have chosen, your soul chose you. Like you are the ideal agent for your soul's purposes in this lifetime. And as for that family of origin, that's not an accident either. Right. I, it just is. So that really, this rocked my world. Okay. Because I, you know, I'm, I'm also from some of this magical thinking early, you know, the early mm -hmm. days of the new age where, oh, you just go in and make different choices from, you know, a hundred years ago. Well, the fact <laughs> is we can't, that's, that's nutty. You know, that's a little delusional. <laughs> what we want to do is make peace and like, wow, I, that was my best idea at the time. What do you know? Right. <laughs> okay. So then the next, the next one on the pillar is this authority the word itself. Listen, you know, I mean, I grew up in the revolution. Authority is a dirty word. Right. But what's so fascinating is that, um, that we see this, that until we make peace with authority, because this on this planet here on earth, authority is, it, it's one of the things we're here to learn, like how to be in harmony with authority, how to respect the office of authority, how to understand that we are here to experience the perfect authority of the divine through imperfect agents. Linda, I have to say, this one blew me away because I just was not expecting the information that it brought to me. Like I just, oh, it, it was, oh, oh, well, I just, I don't know. Like I, you know, I've all, I guess I always had issues with authority, not realizing it, but the information that they gave around the authority, like around, you know, the different, um, because, I mean, I'd been told different things and I'd felt certain things. Like I knew that in past lives I'd been a high priestess. I knew in a past life that I'd been a pope. And some of that authority, like like I had such issues with the Catholic Church growing mm -hmm. up. And, I mean, I wasn't even part of the Catholic Church in this life. But <laughs> <laughs> probably because I was so resistant from it. You need a lifetime off. Exactly. <laughs> give her this life off. We took the most foo-foo route. Like, was united. <laughs> but, but I mean, and so, like, the guidance, like, the love that they said, like, you know, you've been in, like, I knew I'd been burnt on the stake. So, like, all of that stuff, all my, my conflict with authority was huge. Yes. And so, like, letting them show me how they all fit together and how, you know, how important it's been and how there has been positive experiences. And I knew that. And even in this lifetime, I've known that, but I also have seen like the positive go to negative and, and vice versa. But it was, it was just so beautiful how they could open me up to see how they all fell into place and how they, how important each of them and like, like how much it was helping me in my role of, of what my soul's path is. So it was just, it was beautiful. Isn't it? it it's amazing. Oh, it was powerful. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, no, right. No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you because this authority, see, and what, what's so interesting, I know in my own work, it's, I, I really, you know, I found like, okay, great. I made peace with, you know, all these lifetimes of being a victim of authority. <laughs> yeah. And then only to find out, you know, that, exactly. you know, Did here, worse. <laughs> here I was, you know, thinking, you know, the Pope would love me if I, <laughs> if I brought, if I brought in enough, uh, you know, I don't know, witches, you know, I, just like, yeah. oh my God, you know, so, so part of, you know, just to see that as human beings, like over the course of our lifetimes, we experience like every position on the game exactly. board. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, it's, it's really, so, so this is, and this is where, like, this is where the power gets unleashed, so to speak. See, because if I can respect and really honor the, um, the imperfection of the human agent, right? To, but to really have compassion for that and to understand that the power itself is still pure. Mm 
and good, mm -hmm. then I can receive the power. And those that, you know, and, and it's like we step right into the circle of life on this. Mm -hmm. We're in the flow of power and life itself. Mm -hmm. It's really, <sighs> it's, it's radical. Ra I know. It's radical. It was. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then the next piece, you know, is with this. So now I have all this. Now I have all this energy. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> and this is where discipline comes in. Again, another. I mean, I thought discipline was a four-letter word. <laughs> you know, I, right? I'm like, no, no, you know. Yeah. But it turns out that discipline really is about developing, you know, appropriate structures, inner structures to handle this level of life force. And when I say discipline, you know, it's interesting. It's from the word disciple, which means to listen. And I began to see and learn that when a discipline was very supportive, it enables me to hear the inner voice much more clearly, yeah. right? That I stop, you know, entertaining all these endless debates and conversations. Should I, shouldn't I, <laughs> you know, am I going to work out? What kind of workout, this kind of workout? It doesn't, just do whatever workout you can. If you can get off the couch, just do it, you know, whatever, just all of these things that it's like, oh, by making, by understanding the true value, like discipline is not punishment, another right. like mm. confusion, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're teasing these out and getting to the essence and understanding that discipline is to support us so we can accommodate more energy than ever before. Yeah. So, you know, and then after that, responsibility. <laughs> I know we're just going from bad to worse. Aren't we? Well, I mean, I used to have such a problem with that word. Like, I our definition of uh, it's our definitions that we have. Like, I kind of, I kind of made peace with that word a while ago. But um, this also came a, to a different level when I looked at the responsibility of some of the relationships in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and how I would want to take responsibility for healing and helping people in my life, <laughs> which I, you know, really was none of my business, <laughs> right? right? You know, taking personal relationships and wanting to fix them and help them, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, that's my role, <laughs> right? So, right, but this is, but see, here's the thing, Lori. This is that that used to be the best idea. Yes. It was, that was an idea that inspired and invigorated people for centuries. Yeah. And, but it was based on the notion that I'm going to help and fix you because clearly the life, the divine spark that's in me is not in you. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm worried about you. I love you. I'm worried about you. So let me help you. Whereas this, I mean, what's happening, we're in the turnaround. It's, you know, we're turning the Titanic around, but we are one idea at a time. But it's like, oh, wait a second. I see that the light in me is really in you. And I'm certainly here for you, but I don't have to, I cannot do this for you. And I love you. Right. It it's it's huge. Huge. <laughs> because it's through the res it's through our soul level responsibilities that our personalities are transformed to to really be like, you know, everybody wants to be a lighthouse. I want to be a light. I mean, that's what we want, right? <laughs> of course, it's human nature. But how do how do we do that, right? Because the light must shine through us as human beings. And this is the, the great gift of responsibility. I know taking care, you know, raising my son and my mother, you know, after yes. my father died, you know, my mother went. But it was like all the things I had to do um, that I didn't want to do. I mean, I don't want to go talk to teachers at school. I don't want to deal with nursing homes. I don't want to do any of that. Hmm. I want to like, I want to sit in at my kitchen table and drink tea and meditate. That's what I want to do. And, and what, but see, it's through these engagements to the people we really love that we grow and change. Right. 
it's just so responsibility and then finally commitment you know so so we've pretty much worked our way around the star the last one is commitment commitment don't i love commitment yeah me too now <laughs> now now i love it now i love it because it's like commitment commitment is well first of all it's fierce i love that sense of like commitment it's like oh it's fierce it's like putting the safety brake on the roller coaster right you get in and they you know, they click the thing on the side so that you don't fall out. And that's what commitment keeps us attached to our path when the going gets rough. And it will. I mean, this is earth. It's a little nutty here. Mm -hmm. And so the ride is not always smooth, but commitment. You know, we always say, oh, every path has, every path has all its blessings in it. But the only way we get to it is, is, um, the blessings of every path are released after we make our commitment. After it's like the blessings of every relationship multiply after we commit to it. Well, I think one of the big things, and I've been, you know, I've been frustrated with this for a long time, but you know, there was a time when, and they're still saying it out there, you know, if it's difficult, it's not meant to be. <laughs> well, that kind of really throws commitment out of the window because one of the things it says in commitment is if you commit to something, know <laughs> that right, the opposite that is coming. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> know that you are going to be tested. <laughs> right. Everything unlike commitment you have. Right. That's how you get commitment. Right. And it's so true. I mean, we know it. Yes, Every yes. time we make a decision to go on a diet, we know that that is going to get tested. <laughs> That's right. Somebody's making a cake right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's my birthday. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, right? So, I mean, and, you know, that that belief that is out there and it's so prevalent, especially with the law of attraction and, and stuff, and it's, you know, it's so damaging because you know, then that people start giving up. Like they, it's like they're waiting for something to fall into their lap and they're not committed to doing anything. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. No, no, no. See, this is what, uh, one of the things I've been discovering as, as I've, as I've been working and, you know, I'm working on my next book, but, but the idea is, is that we are really sorting out these, um, I, the spiritual confusion. Yes. See, the fact, but here's what's interesting. When we are, like, when we are committed to our, to our truth, right, to our soul's work, there's a lot of effort involved. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you something, <laughs> like, you know, I've written a couple of books, and here's what I found. I have found at the end of the day, I'm the one sitting here writing sentences. I'm the one who builds the paragraph. I'm like, nobody comes, no no one comes in and does it for, you know what I mean? I actually have to do this. Oh my God, it takes work. I'm like, we're offended. Like, what do you mean I have to do this? Anyway, like I have to go to the gym like ordinary people. Yes, I do. But anyway, but, um, but when something you know whenever with the object of you know the commitment to our path the commitment to a relationship there may be tremendous amounts i mean herculean efforts put forth but there's a level of satisfaction hmm. do you know there is a level of satisfaction that cannot be there's no other way to get to it than to spend who we are right in that effort and that's where, um, but it, there is nothing less satisfying than spending who we are on something we don't care about. It's the worst. Right. I mean, we can never be happy. Right. And that's, I think this, this whole business of getting honest, what do I really want? What really makes me happy? That's where, because as we begin, but see, that requires that we have a sense of being safe. And that's what I love about being in the records. I go into the records. I have this experience of, of like this incredible safety and kindness and respect. And like there's no ridicule, no teasing, none of that. And, and I can actually take a look and see what is true. What is, the, what is the most true for me right now? Because within a crucible of safety, within a zone of safety, we can be honest. And once we're honest, we're well on our way. Then none of these things are that big of a problem. 
It's when we're doing things like people pleasing, approval seeking, trying to get, you know, get the world to care. I mean, whatever the heck we're doing, you know what I mean? All these things um, that are not, not satisfying. Um, But when, when, when we're on the path of our truth, it can be a lot of work, but it's very satisfying. Right. And the most resistance happens when it's, you know, something that isn't really who we are. Like it's, it's not part of what our soul has chosen for this life. Like that's when we can, that's when we get, you know, really frustrated when it's just not, it's not even something we're supposed to be doing. Well, see, and I like it because see, I really appreciate it when life, it's like life comes in and puts his foot down. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that because I tend to be, I'm like, I'm like, I'll just keep going. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. because I, you know, whatever. I mean, but we all have these different, you know, we have different personalities. We have different, you know, strengths and weaknesses. We have different areas where, you know, some people tend to just sit down and say, well, I'm not going to do anything. And then there's another group that are like, I'll just keep going till I fall off the cliff. And, and I just love it when life intervenes. I really, every time it happens, I may not, I may not be comfortable in the moment, but I have to tell you, I'm like, oh, thank you so much for saving me from all my, you know, all my old ideas. I always appreciate that. <laughs> and that is one of the great things that the Akashic did is that it was really clear on what our soul truly wants and, you know, get rid of all the stuff that you're trying so hard to do that, you know, is none of our business. Like stop, stop working at being the people pleasers. I mean, there's still benefits that we, we can still, it may still be part of our journey to be a people pleaser, but we don't have to do it in a way that is, um, that causes us harm. Yeah. (laughs) See, we are coming off. Okay. Here's another great old idea. We are coming off of, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of years of glorified martyrdom. Right. See, martyrdom is now passe, but we're so, you know, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I come from a long line of self-sacrificing people. <laughs> and so I'm not suffering. I like feel like something's wrong. Like what? So this is, but this is what's at play. We are, we are the bridge generation. We are the people who are exploring new avenues and new paths and really making touch with new levels of truth unknown even 20 years ago. I know when I first started working in the records in 1994, Mm -hmm. I started teaching in 96. This is all, I mean, and I've been doing it ever since. And, and it's interesting because even at that time, um, what is what's been coming through really in like the last five years I could not have registered there's no way I could have grokked it 20 years ago do you see because Mm -hmm. I well I personally wasn't prepared I certainly I mean I I didn't have the discipline to listen right (laughs) I mean there was we let's just go down you know I was still upset that I was I was in the wrong body you know (laughs) right yeah yeah I mean I had a few beefs with the universe so so it it actually takes a while, you know, it, t- it took me a while and to, to even get to this place where to see that even some, so many of the ideas um, that even 15, 20 years ago, I thought were so true. Um, I see that, um, you know, they were just old ideas and new ideas mixed together. We were finding our way. Everything was like a stew. And now we're, now we're coming out. I mean, it's really this post 2012 spirituality, right? Right that we're on the other side of this. Thank goodness. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's fabulous. It's yeah. just exciting and wonderful. Yes. Yes. Well, we are running out of time and I don't like that because I really want to explore more of this. So I really, really hope that when you said you were open to it, that you would really be open to coming back. Cause I would like to, you know, maybe go into more details and just have people really understand what all of this is about. So how can people get a hold of you, Linda? Okay. First of all, I would love to come back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First things first. Okay. <laughs> okay. I would love to. I mean, it would just be great. This is this is really just joy. It's joy. Okay. You can find me at lindahow.com. Um, and you're at Hay House. So at Hay House. I'm, yes. Right. My book is Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records, um, Taking Your Life from Ordinary to Extraordinary. And, you know, you can get that on Amazon. You can get it uh, through my website. You can certainly get it at Hay House. It's 
and and it's a beautiful cover. It's purple. <laughs> yes. It really is. It's so beautiful. I bought a blouse to match. Anyway, oh, lovely. <laughs> it's true. It's it's actually true. That's um but you know, you can go to my website and you know what here's you know, I work with people one on one. I mm. absolutely love to do that. So I love to do readings and and I have classes. I have classes in person, I have classes online. Um, you know, and but you go to my site and look around and you can see and and heavens, if um if you're listening and you, you end up coming to see me in person, please let me know that you heard me on Lori's show. Okay. I mean, I think that would just be really great. And I will actually remember this. So, so be sure and introduce yourself. Nice. All right. Well, thank you, Linda. This has been a lovely show and we are definitely going to have you back. So I'm excited about that. You've been listening to News for the Heart. We've been getting to the heart of what matters, talking all about the Akashic Records with Linda Howe. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.